Welcome to the Staffing RecOps podcast, where we interview leaders from high-volume staffing and recruitment firms on the operations, strategy and business processes that they've implemented or are implementing. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcoming to the show today, Martin Allen. Martin, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Martin is based in Poole, Dorset, here in the UK, and is a senior data program management consultant. A slightly different interview for the Staffing Records podcast in that Martin is a freelancer who has a wealth of experience across many industries, including, of course, staffing and recruitment. Martin started his career in IT in 1997 and has worked in various roles in the digital space as consultant, as an architect, working on programs around transition, transformation, and delivery. Martin has a wealth of experience around how businesses do, and importantly should, work with data. This quarter on the Staffing Records podcast, we are focused on data and security, automation and artificial intelligence. Martin, I'm particularly interested to know from you if I was strategic or operational in a staffing and recruitment business, and I was thinking about data and security in particular, looking to the future as to how, as a business, we should be evaluating our data and security governance, what should I be taking into consideration and how should I go about taking the right first steps? It's a very good question, James, and a very big question of one where obviously in 20 minutes, we're not gonna be able to go through in its entirety. I mean, one of the first things that I would I would recommend to people is to understand the kind of like the whys. So why why do you want to do what you're doing? And you probably get into the actions and, and your goals, et cetera, et cetera, as any strategy. But in terms of in the data world, is to understand that why is there this big explosion of data? What what's changed about the way we work or the way we worked previously and how we want to work with data in the future and i think the simplistic way of doing that or understanding that is is previously data was almost like an output so we would have um processes or we would have a thought of like i i need to send a customer a product so we would concentrate on what are the details that i need in order to send that to a customer for them to go you know get create an order payment and delivery so you'd be very focused in, in that area. There'd also be obviously the data that would come through from processing things. So if we think of application, uh, applicant tracking systems, we've got the statuses. So I, you know, just been sent my CV, et cetera, et cetera. So we're now then saying, actually, do you know what data is, is probably bigger than that? It's more of an asset from our company. We can learn a lot more from those things. So we probably, you know, ideally we want to build out from from those original thought processes or those originals, as we'd say in data data sets. And I think that that's kind of key. And as well as it being a, an asset, there also becomes a liability of where your security, etc., comes in. And I guess a, a good way to explain that is is that you know, the, the legal implementation, implementations of, of customer data and privacy, but also that extends out way beyond just GDPR, et cetera, which people know about, um, you know, the security. If I'm now going to gonna concentrate on building out data, getting a lot more data to improve data-driven decisions and all those good buzzwords, I'm now going to not only 
not want to get nobbled for GDPR, but I'm also not going to want to lose that. You know, so my also make it secure so when someone leaves, they don't take that information with them. And this is, I guess, sorry, James. That, no, I was just going to say right. that, that, that there does seem to be a, a, a much better understanding that we do need to start with why. Um, I don't know if everybody's been reading Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Um, it's, it's a question that I ask in, in my day job. It's a question that I've heard people saying that I've interviewed for other episodes of this podcast. So thinking about that, thinking about that Start With Why. So I'm an operations person. I've, I've just, let's say I've joined a new recruitment staffing agency that's starting with why so i i should be skilling myself up in order to ask the stakeholders within the business what they're trying to achieve yes exactly so the 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 the, the two i suppose parts of that what i want to achieve in terms of turning my data into better assets and what do i need in order that i secure that assets and i think a good example of that if especially in the recruitment world is a, a client list so if i want to grow out from a very old way of working of saying every time a salesman comes in or sorry salesperson they come with their little black book of the leads that they've got i want to go beyond that and i want to literally have what could be any every person in let's say the uk and the possibility of them becoming a client that's going to cost a lot of investment in just not only money but time I'm not going to want then when a salesperson leaves to be able to take that with them. So the security is not only what people would think about of, I don't want to get hacked. And if I get hacked, I'm on the front page of the telegraph because all my candidates details have gone and all their personal data, but also of how do I make it secure in terms of that asset that I've got. So I'm almost got like date, you know, data, becomes bigger than what it was before like i was saying where it's actually i've just got some customer details to do that end-to-end -end process now i've got a customer detail and i've got customers and i'm now going to do a new product range and i'm trying to reach out to those existing customers and or understanding what those customers do to better market those in my new ranges so it becomes it becomes a lot the the, the asset and the liability and i think they're the key things that you need to put into your strategy and that becomes then the governance. But also I think a key part of that why is when you're trying to tell it, sell it to the senior stakeholder team, um, your um, executive execs and that to get funding, but also to the individuals. So the individuals have been working, you're, you're now as part of this strategy gonna go in and disrupt what they've been doing possibly for, for a very long time. And you need to be able to understand that to explain to people why they're doing it, bring them on that journey like you would do with any transformation. I think that's that's that key of that. It's all about people. So, you know, what are your goals, but how are you going to achieve those goals? And and as with all these things, the difficulty will become the transformation and actually getting people, you know, onboarding these processes, etc., and getting people to to actually follow them. So these data assets, it could be the clients, the candidates, of course, the, the jobs, um, what other kind of data assets thinking about a recruitment firm and, and what else might go into that asset? And this, this is when I get excited. So apologies. I mean, I get excited about know your customer in the debt management world. That's probably where I started with data. So forgive the listeners for that. But yeah, these are the things of where you can start to say, where can my business go next? And if we think, you know, like candidate and client is probably the obvious one.
but think about all the other information that you're gathering if you start to think if you're a if you're a high volume temp business if you've got 30 40,000 temps think about the information that that would give you and where that could take you so you've got the you know you've, they're clocking in every day so they could be going sick for different reasons they could be not be there a long time or, or not a long time and understanding where they come from how you got them into this position and how long they last the success and retention you know you, you could find yourself as, as a business actually going into you know writing books on psychology or you know being a consultant to, to some of the large organizations in this country to go actually do you know what don't start people on a monday if you start them on a tuesday they're more likely to last a week and they tend to tend not to go sick or you know what i mean it, it, you, you start to unravel a whole ream of of different areas and but secondly also it improves your business so you can start to be better than the op, um the opposition because you've got that information and then you can start to feed into that into your trying to win win work you know we have a success criteria we have a retention is x y and z so you know put concentrating in that area putting time and effort into those resources can really pay dividends and then understanding that from a strategic perspective and putting that into your transformation and your goals that feeds back into that circle so you know you understand what you're trying to achieve you go out achieve it you know we see those benefits we've realized those where do we go next now most agencies in the uk of course are not going to have 30 to 40,000 workers most of them um, and most of them are probably not going to start writing books on psychology but i i get what you're i get what you're saying and i do like what you're saying about being able to advise your clients on potentially the best things to do in terms of start dates or in terms of of flexibility of hours or based on the data that you've gathered so that that's interesting so another another data asset could be some reports and dashboards around intel from last year from your x number of temp or contract or permanent placements for example yeah, yeah i mean i mean it's a, a good thing you raised actually and and you know not you've we've got from a recruitment perspective i'm just you know single person working working in their bedroom to large global organizations however there are third-party data sources so there's other areas where you can gain that information and i think you know i think is another one and, and isn't really size size centric if that is actually a word maybe one i've just made up I'll, I'll have to ring up oxford um but you know if you start to understand of the journey of not just getting people into a particular role but how long they stay there where they go next that becomes invaluable. You don't necessarily need big data or, you know, Hadoop technology to, to start querying thousands and thousands of data. If you start to look at, you know, like I said, um, success and retention and then the after putting somebody in a role. So like you, you might start to see, do you know what? A business analyst after two years generally moves on and becomes a project manager. You can then work with your clients to say, you know, the likelihood is they'll be leaving soon or they'd be wanting to, to change to a different role or be a more senior person. You know, you can help them retain those people as well. So you, you can go beyond that, that kind of thinking of where you're right quick and get a client, got a role, fill that role, here we go. And there's a lot of people doing that. So how do we get, take those next steps? How do we do things differently? And I think AI 
which is one of the things that you kind of mentioned as part of, of what you're looking at the moment, is a real um, a kind of double-edged sword, in, or, or, or what you call it in this area, is you've got this, this concept of, do you know what, I can automate a load of things. I can, I can get job descriptions automated. I can do communications that are automated. But then you've got the actually not doing that might be a good thing. By not doing that, I'm not following the herd. And when everything's automated, I've still got that personal one-to-one touch. I've still got different understanding of, of what happens in different markets. So you've kind of got that as much as the, what's good to do in your strategy to have the understanding of what's good not to do. And, and that also, of course, is quite important if you're working to a very defined budget. So um, if somebody has come into a role like this for a, a slightly smaller agency and they have got a, a set budget, defining the scope of that data quality program or, or whatever it is that they're embarking on, any guidance on how somebody running such a project can make sure that they are able to rein in the different stakeholders within an organization to be able to define the scope of the project? I mean, that obviously wearing my now delivery hat is is a key part to any delivery, understanding what you're going to deliver and what the outcomes of that delivery are going to be would, would be key. But I think it also boils down to the why and, and you know, why are you doing that? And that understanding of the, the, the different parts of your business, where, what stakeholders are going to, where it's going to be difficult. I mean, if you take an example of, of uh, doesn't even necessarily need to be global, but a recruitment firm that are national that have got different outlets, high street, A to Z, they've got exec, et cetera, et cetera. Each one of those are going to have different requirements or, or are going to act differently as part of that delivery. So knowing your people, knowing that, as I always bang on about, it's all about people knowing the people know knowing who's going to be that person that's gonna that's going to give you a hard time next time you're you're in a budgetary review or you're in an update um and you know work on how do i how do i deal with that i mean you've you know doing it from like we were saying earlier from the exec but also down to the to the user level you know getting their buy-in as well absolutely key you know jeremy very rarely anywhere that you send an email out to everybody right i want you to do this and everybody follows it. So I've I've come into a new job with a new company. We're going to look at the data quality. We're going to define what the different stakeholders want and why. We're then going to define from that what are those different data assets and how do we make sure that they're clean and fit for purpose. Talking about governance then, what advice can you give on how to manage that? And, and what, what do you mean by governance? Well, I would say that is the first part. And one of the things that I've, I've found incredibly frustrating or difficult to do is everybody's got a, a different idea of what data governance means. And it, it's like that in most, most walks of life. It will be the same for technology. It will be the same in legal, et cetera, et cetera. So getting a standardization of what data governance looks like or what it should look like in your organization is is a key part and then going through that how you're going to land that how you're going to going to you know have the different areas so one their their idea of data governance execs is you know theirs is theirs is why 
So get a standard, ideally, get everybody on the same page. Some people, th you know, I've been to some large organizations where some, some very sort of key people who you'd expect to know better, their, their understanding of data governance is literally there's just change control. And now that I'm having data integration from one area and I'm putting it into, say, a data lake and someone's, you know, gonna, some analysts and some data scientists are going to review that. It's just as long as as long as if they change this data type from an integer to a character that that feeds through. And it's, it's so much more than that. And quality, as, as you mentioned, being a key element of that and under, you know, getting people to change um, how they work, how they're day to day. A, a good example that I always use um, is around you've got somebody working in an estate agents. You know, someone comes in, they're looking to sell their house. That estate agent will get the information that they think that they need to sell that property within that area. Now I'm going, right, actually, I, I want data that I'm going to send to the Office of National Statistics or I'm going to sell places online. So I want you now to ensure that you get, let's say, the flooding risk of a particular property. You know, if you just do that basically to somebody via email, let's say, for example, to say, I, I need you to get that information, they're going to look at that and go, do you know what, why do I need this property's halfway up a hill? If it's susceptible to river flooding, then we're all in danger. You know, the whole country's going under. But doing that buy-in, doing, you know, ensuring that all levels understand of why you're doing something. Actually, we're doing this because we can then say and online on the filter that we've got 150 properties that are low risk of, of river flooding. Do you know? And and I think they're the they're the, the key parts of all this, of of having that strategy, building out those frameworks bringing everybody on that journey and ensuring that that journey then is, um, I guess the example, you know, right, what are we going to do? This is how we're going to do it. And then going back, are we doing it the way that we want to? Can you give any guidance in terms of where somebody could find some kind of template or, or is there, if, if I'm doing project management, Prince two is the ultimate cert, isn't it? Is there some kind of, template or organization that gives good guidance on data governance because a lot of it is going to be about documentation isn't it as well you define it you decide what you're going to do but but how do you then make sure you document it and and implement it if if there's any frameworks or or guidance on that that'd be really helpful yeah i mean the implementations are like implementation i think is is I, I haven't seen a lot and this is why I'm coming on this podcast and and i i would you know i'm going to do a few more of these and probably go out to, to do a few more speeches at a lot of like big data London etc where everybody talks about the what but not so much the how but um Gartner is, is a good is a good place to start um there's one Grant Thornton developing your data strategy a framework for success is another one but um probably not best thing to say but chat GDP is is, is a good place to, you know, if, if you know what you want to put in, you get some cracking results. And if you think about it, that's that's going out to pretty much everywhere and coming back with a consolidated view. You know, people have already gone through it um, and actually mediated a lot of the data. So it, it's, it's a good way to find out if you've got the detail of, of what you want to do, I suppose, at a high level. Um, yeah, that, that's really, because it's, it's 
a different response you know google will tell you what google wants you to to know so yeah i would always i would always say to listeners that's a good place to start but yeah there's a lot of information and it, when you start looking you'll see a lot of it is very very similar well martin thank you very much for coming on the show it's been really interesting and insightful thank you very much Thank you to our listeners. Please like, subscribe and share. And more importantly, let us know if there is someone you would like us to interview on the show and what you would like to hear them talking about. What strategic and or operational changes are you planning to implement in your staffing slash recruitment firm? Lastly, thank you to our sponsor employee providing front and middle office solutions to a range of staffing and recruitment organizations on the Salesforce platform. That's all for today. James Lawton signing out.